presidency and the sky has not fallen down yet has it not quite yet yeah. i don't know what everyone was worried about but well <laughs> you know what it it actually for some people i'm sure the sky is falling and it's probably what you depends on what type of media you're consuming because i will we'll talk about one thing tonight that i've been fairly engrossed in in the last 72 to 96 hours but before that, um, as always, wherever you are tuning in across this blue, pale blue dot, um, in the words of Carl Sagan, thank you for tuning in. Uh, for our international listeners, um, we hope one day be able to um, travel internationally again. And thanks for tuning into American politics and just uh, two guys here in the States. And for everyone yeah. that's uh, domestic in here, well, buckle up. It's just begun. So, uh, so I have a, I have a, a good story today. I, <clears throat> so I live, uh, in Denver, Colorado, and I often go into sort of like the front range. It's, uh, it's basically just Rocky mountain national park is essentially Northwest of Denver by about 90 minutes. Right. Um, and it's pretty good snowfall. So I like to go up there. I take my two dogs and do some hiking. And there's virtually nobody, and it's quiet, and the wind's rustling through the trees, and it's just, it's, it's very, it'd be my kind of spiritual. Anyway, no one cares about that. The point of the story is, for, I had a momentary lapse of judgment, and I let my husky off of his leash. And, and normally he's pretty good, <clears throat> um, but for anyone that owns that breed, they're fairly uh, free-spirited. Anyway. Both of my dogs saw something in the tree line, and now in the video I'm, I'm showing a, 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 on the left-hand side is an upward-sloping mountain, essentially, uh, full of trees, and then to the left is, is downslope down the mountain. And right. Husky bounds into this four feet of snow, and he's, he's not getting very far, but what I do see is something that looks like a deer. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, I've, I've got to gotta go, because who knows, he might not stop running. Uh, even though the, Oklahoma. yeah, exactly true. Well, um, just out of left field. I mean, for me, 20 feet, like across my, my room over here, a huge moose just comes just through the trees, like just a prime athlete going 15 miles an hour and four feet of snow. Meanwhile, my Husky's like buried and I'm just completely caught off guard. I mean, the dog's lucky he didn't get stomped to death, and there would have been nothing. I was say. There was nothing I could have done. Um, so those things but, mean. But for whatever reason, uh, my husky happens to have lost the self-preservation gene. So, <clears throat> but either way, we're all safe, and it was quite the moment. Um, so he made it back. <laughs> yeah, we. I got him. He didn't go that far, but it was enough to spook this 
just absolutely prehistoric, prehistoric looking. Uh, what are they called, deer? Or what's a genus? Ah, uh, what is that? Cantaloupe. Yeah, it starts with a C. I know it does. Or has it does that, with a C. It does have that cock sound. It's, it's not cantaloupe, though. It is not cantaloupe. It's like cephids no. or something. I can't remember. It's going um, to burn. I was going to say, that's, that's almost as... That's in the same category as confronting like a hippopotamus or something. They look they look cute oh. in videos. But they're the number one killer in Africa. Are they really? Uh-huh. Well, way up there. Okay, what is... It's not Pithecanthropus erectus. I hope not. Do you know what that is? True story. That's the, uh, that is the Latin term amongst the scientific community for ape man. Oh, okay. You lost me at the erecticus or whatever you said. Pithecanthropus erectus. Cervidid, isn't that? Meaning we stood upright. Cervid. Cervid, that's what it is. Cervid. Very different from a serval. Yes, but that's the two main groups of deer. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to pronounce. Weird. I'm not going to pronounce those Latin names because I'm going to sound like a. We're on a weird date. Um. Anyway, so we do have a good yeah. show. It's it's uh we've now had one bonus episode go by, and um sort of a replay episode on our take on the economy at the time. Uh, we had just talked about Joe Manchin, quite a bit, and what the Senate is going to look like. However, we most are, important man in the Senate. So um. And there, there's been some develop, there's been some developments, I suppose, and uh, or at least maybe more info um, that we can we can discuss and and talk about. But ultimately, Biden's what he's been a president for a week, eleven days. So um, long enough. He he uh, long enough made... for him to have gotten. I mean, what is he doing? Long enough for him to, I mean, what's he going to do, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I kid, I kid. Yeah. Well, it's probably the end of the world for a lot of people. However, um, for who? I, I don't know. I, I don't know people. Um, but we do have some educational bizarre. And I think the bizarre ultimately is a bit educational as well. However, I think is worth talking about. Um, we do that a lot. We do. So where? Educational and bizarre can well be the same. It's, I mean, it's a strange world. You know, there's a couple things that we'll talk about here um, that are actively happening, and what I mean is that we're not reporting on what what happened. It's we're sort of in the middle of it right now, and so that would be the first um, educational or geopolitical topic, and that is the ongoing uh, arrest of. Um, Suchi, the president of Myanmar, or the leader of uh, Myanmar, which is currently, I suppose, I suppose it's confirmed that it's a military coup. However, the military just says they've taken over because they, oh, shocking, we've heard this narrative, the election was fraudulent. So um, the military was quite powerful in that country and arrested all of the key leaders. So look, Australia's already um, asked for um, her release, and the United States, I think, believe as well, did ask for her release, or at least it mentioned something along the lines of the protecting the sanctity of the 
of the democratic election there. So more to follow. That'll be, you know, something that Joe Biden will have to deal with very quickly right off the bat. Thailand. Myanmar. Isn't that the same place? No. Well, I mean, regardless, I thought I thought that was the same country, but no. Regardless. Uh, so. Myanmar. So Myanmar was also part of the, um, also part of the sort of debacle with the religious community that was pushed into Bangladesh, and th- so Suchi yeah, is like next to Burma, isn't it? What's that? Yeah, next to well, it is Burma. It is is, is Burma. Myanmar is Burma. Um, so it's I think it neighbors Bangladesh, India, China, Laos, Thailand. <clears throat> it's just kind of nestled right. I think it's like right above um, Thailand. So yeah, Su Chi was essentially like the like person of the planet's person of the year. She was under twenty years house arrest essentially in Burma and became a figure, a democratic figure in Myanmar. However, now that's seems a bit tenuous at best, given do you, her. Do you think the, that president Biden is going to be willing to expend precious early political capital on that? Well, that's the thing. I don't know how much political capital he has to lose here. I mean, I think that really this is a state department thing. And they help prop up the democracy that's there. It's in the best interest, regardless of the heinous acts that happen with that, with the Muslim, I believe it's the Muslim community. I, I'm, I'm failing on there, um, uh, on what I should call them at the moment. Uh, however, I don't think that any of those countries want a military or any of the allies in the region, Australia, um, any of the other democratized Asian countries there really want a military running the government, even if it's just for what they said was a year. That never really tends to end super well, um, or those <clears throat> regimes just wind up staying in place for years and years. So we'll see what happens, but that's sort of the state of the world. Um, on top of that, there's also. Um, thousands of protesters that are being arrested and detained in Russia at this time for the... No. Believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's shocking, especially with such a magnanimous benefactor as, well, as Vladimir I, Putin. I, I think it's interesting. I think there's been some analysis on the unrest there with Navalny being thrown in prison along with his wife. I think the demonstrations... Only for a month, though. Well, that, he's going to go to line from the Kremlin. Well, he's going to be he's been charged. It's only for a month. No, he's been charged. He's going to go to prison at some point. He's going to go. Well, I know, but that's that's the tagline. I, I, I get you. From <clears throat> the Kremlin, I'm like, well, why would the Kremlin? They, they'll keep their word. So, uh, but I think there's been a number of analysis done or that I've read um uh, considering the unrest or the demonstrations in Russia to be some of the biggest that they've seen um, in in recent years, which you know, is, I, I I was wondering how Russia would play out this whole Navalny thing. I know that it's interesting to hear. Um, for, it's like leaders like Putin, right? You hear stuff like, "Oh, this guy's insignificant. If we really wanted to kill him, we would have already," which is true. 
but mm. it's, but he's definitely not insignificant. And and that's what's funny listening to leaders like that, where it's like, look, you speak a grain of truth. You probably could have killed him and just shot him when he was getting out of his car, and it would have been super blatant. Um, but what it really was was a botched execution and assassination that went horribly wrong. Uh, so he is not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Navalny survived. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they got caught red-handed, basically, by CNN and an intelligence firm. Yep. Uh, who followed these agents for months upon months. I think I, I sent you the link to that. It's like, okay, if a mainstream media firm in the United States is tracking your intel ops, that's, y- y'all are messing up. That's I mean, an but, understatement. The, the thing is, though, look... Vladimir Putin is more or less a well-heeled thug, all right? And I'm not so sure how easy it would be to get rid of this guy, or I I think they would have done it. Um, But Navalny, short of a a miracle from God, or whatever it is you uh, place your trust in, him and his wife, at the very least, will spend most of the rest of their lives in prison if they don't wake up dead. I think that's probably fairly accurate. What? So Vladimir Putin's going to grow a magnanimous vein and say, you know what, Navalny, no worries, you can go. I mean, we're, we're talking about a we're talking about a thug that that threw a female rock band in prison for not being straight. Or how about assassinating former KGB officers in the UK? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. And people for, forget that about Putin is his past, I mean, as a top dog in the, the KGB. Yeah, he makes it look good. He's well-dressed, but he's a thug. And I'll tell you this, I, I wouldn't cross him if I was in that country. And obviously, look, no matter, th- this is the thing. How many times have we seen this movie in Russia where... We are tired of Putin. Vladimir's got to go. Oh, yeah. And then they just kill off another round of people. And the vast majority of the establishment, the body politic, sustains him. Like, I, I just don't see this amounting to anything other than lengthy prison terms and or death. Yeah, unfortunately, what, what will be interesting is to see the momentum in Russia, not saying that there's a potential for some revolution, this revolution in Russia, but sort of the Navalny momentum, right? Like towards, towards the government, towards the establishment from the tens of thousands of people that are protesting unprecedentedly in Russia right now. But I mean, like, what is the momentum toward? What's it? What? Well, I think it's, it, I think it's that'll be interesting to see if there is anything because it's certainly a corrupt. It's no surprise, and especially no surprise to its people that there is corruption in in their country, and that I mean that is what Navalny is, right? He is an anti-corruption journalist, lawyer. That's what he does. <clears throat> so he is that movement. So him being sentenced to any time in prison is just a literal example of corruption so i i guess i guess my 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 thing with it is and hey look i wish him the best i think he's got massive stones for returning back to russia germany begged him not to france begged him not to he knew what was going to happen he knew he was going to get arrested but 
I got respect for it because he's a patriot. He loves his country. Okay, it's not my country, but I get that. I mean, I, I could see, God forbid, if there was a state like that here running America, I could see you and I having been poisoned and we're recovering in Mexico going, no, we're going home. We're Americans. So I, I, I admire his chutzpah for actually returning to Moscow after. I mean, come on. The man's no fool. He, had, he yeah, knew he, well, he when knew he exactly. got at the airport. And I don't know if you watched the video. He didn't act surprised in the least. No, he knew it was going to happen. I mean, he's going to wake up, Dad. Well, speaking of dead, um, maybe a couple hedge funds over the last um, several days. But <clears throat> who will ever know that exactly? So our bazaar is a discussion about, and, and we actually began this discussion a couple nights ago um, with family member of yours, and I thought it was a, a great conversation, and I don't, I, and again, here's what I, why. How long was it? Wasn't it like an hour and a half? Yeah, something like that. It was good. But I, I think that um, what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast is that what whatever media you are consuming will that's where you'll focus whatever whatever that story is on that specific site or that outlet or that radio host um you'll sort of absorb whatever is on their mind and i certainly have been in the reddit sphere for the last several days watching this entire um short squeeze play out and i'll be honest with you i think it's been <clears throat> i think it's been wildly fascinating maybe when i crawl out of um crawl out of all of this wall street bets and this is all over um maybe i'll realize it's fairly insignificant and there's it's only in this specific place on my phone where it's really relevant but as i was I driving so. <clears throat> as i was driving to um as i was driving to uh so i had to go through boulder to get up to where i wanted to go and there were billboards that had um gamestop to the moon so the ticker with a um, dollar sign to the moon and there was uh, like students out literally on the side of um, roads with signs to the moon. And for those sort of uninitiated here, <clears throat> um, to the moon is essentially the, the slogan of this Reddit subreddit called Wall Street Bets. And they're one of their, and <laughs> forgive my French here, but they are, pardon my French here, the, uh, uh, the sort of leader of Wall Street's bet bets is a guy, and his handle is uh, Deep Fucking Value, <clears throat> and essentially he 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 that's, found that's so he found basically found a loop, not really a loophole, but he found out that there was a number of hedge funds that were shorting uh, the GameStop stock and AMC movie theater stock, among many other stocks. <clears throat> hedge funds are incredibly sophisticated mediums by which to invest and it's often really risky and it's not very transparent at all and uh, shorting is for the so, yeah so what shorting is is essentially a so we'll really dumb it down so if i'm the hedge fund and you're a guy with capital or a guy with a stock one stock we'll call it the gamestop stock you can give me that stock and let me borrow it and then i'll sell it to someone else for whatever the value is, $1. But I'm still on the hook to give you this stock back. 
not the value of the stock because the value of the stock is infinite, could be whatever, right? But I owe him, I owe you the physical stock back, the GameStop stock or the AMC stock. A certificate of sale. <clears throat> exactly. So, um, but the short, the short game here or the short play is I bet that that stock is going to drop below $1 that, which I sold it at. And what I can do is then buy that stock back for, let's say it drops to 50 cents. So I buy that stock back for 50 cents and then I give you the stock back. I give you the GameStop stock back, but I keep the profit of that, which means I keep a profit of um, 50 cents. So I get my dollar. Um, Effectively, excuse me, effectively what this does, and maybe this is a a poor articulation, but the game is to essentially profit on the loss of a stock. And that's what they were doing with GameStop, what they are doing with GameStop and what they're doing with um, AMC. So So they primarily do it because GameStop was what, down to like 16 cents or something like that. It was basically nearing junk status. Nearing zero, essentially, right? So basically they do it with, they don't do it for stocks on the ascendancy. No, you would not do that. So the flip side, is and this is what's happened. Yeah, so this is what has happened. So another shady thing that happened is that one of these um, hedge funds essentially shorted 140% of all of GameStop stock, right? So, which is pretty ridiculous because how can you short over 100% of anything that is whole, right? So they basically borrowed a shit ton for this. Now, often they'll also borrow this capital. So they're highly leveraged. So they have borrowed a crazy amount of money in order to play this short game. And well, see, this is where some people, the, some people compare investing to gambling, which I'm going, okay, buying stock in a company or buying bonds, say in a mod state, you're not gambling in the sense that it's not random okay but when it comes to stuff like this i mean you know as well as i do this nears day trading territory well this, this, this is very much speculative this is it, well it's i mean granted these guys have the most sophisticated data sophisticated data science technology the the leading experts like there's a lot of money that's sunk into into executing these sorts of um, these maneuvers, and, right? And, <clears throat> but it is still a gamble. You're absolutely right. Right. And, and, and what had happened was okay. on the flip side of that. Yeah. So the, they've now they're highly leveraged. They've borrowed this money to, to buy, to, to, to um, get these stocks and short game stock and AMC. Well, this guy deep fucking value um, noticed this and said, these hedge funds are, shorting this stock let's buy it let's buy the shit out of the game stock in amc so <clears throat> without organizing this what was their motivation well their motivation is to to short squeeze to to to, to basically bankrupt um, okay but here's what i'm getting at i'm not being contrarian here i'm just trying to wrap my mind around okay what was he afraid of there not being a major video game retail store anymore? Like why GameStop? Because I mean, it's not like hedge funds just started doing this. Well, exactly. But 
it's been hard to find out. And you needed a medium like Reddit where you have day traders that are able to communicate and share ideas that no different from what hedge fund guys all get together and, 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 but I'm just curious, like how, what alerted him to this? Just a, a ton of research. And you know, if you can spend all day doing it, you know what to look for. Oh, that's cool. Uh, then, and they found this. So, so, so they shoot. So the idea is to buy GameStop <clears throat> because there's, there's another, there's another element to this as well. So there's things called options and essentially you can buy an option and, <clears throat> and that's like an option to sell high or sell low. And without getting too into it, those options eventually come due basically. And right. that was supposed to happen in, in some way with the market on Friday, <clears throat> excuse me, which means that a lot of positions, um, would have to, so I guess that's less important. The, the, the main point of this is the, the money, outboard. the money that these hedge funds have borrowed also comes with interest and they're not going to run to buy GameStop shares at $300 because imagine that means that they have to pay all of those, they have to pay all of those stocks back. So if they shorted 140% of the stocks of GameStop, that means that let's say they sold at $5. Now they're looking at buying them all back at like $300. So actually speaking is, is billions, billions of dollars, um, which is investors capital and it's loans. So, right. <clears throat> I, I mean, essentially these guys would go bankrupt and, and, and so what happened was last week, the, when this really hit ahead at Reddit, I think it was like Thursday night. It, it, it did. It had been building. No, uh, it was, it was, Wednesday, yeah, it was Wednesday night. It was Wednesday night. Right. And then on Thursday, there was a mass rush to buy GameStop stock by other really more amateur investors that just opened up accounts with Robinhood and TD Ameritrade just to sort of get on this momentum train. Well, so, so then Robinhood, this app, this trading, amateur trading um, app or, or uh, brokerage app, which consequently is, has a huge investment from one of these hedge funds that is currently shorting GameStop stocks that are in to lose a shit ton of money. All of a sudden, right after the, the opening bell on Thursday morning, Robinhood wasn't allowing for any buys of GameStop stock. So they halted trading, but they also allowed for the um, retail investor to sell. So they meant the average person could sell, but they couldn't execute a buy. Meanwhile, because somebody stood to lose a lot. Meanwhile, institutional investors were able to continue to trade overnight. No, while the while the average Joe couldn't execute trades. That's, so, that's what I mean because <coughs> some of these these tools, like we were talking about the other night, folks. This is my brother-in-law who we've threatened to have on here a number of times. So we're going to do it, but. Uh, he, he does IT work for groups like the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. He actually, he and I actually talked this prior Tuesday about this. He said, what's going on, man? He said, man, I'm just following this, this thing with GameStop. And I was like, GameStop? What, are they finally going Chapter 11? He was like, no, nah, man. Well, so then you fast forward to Thursday night, 
and the three of us talked about this for the better part. I mean, it led into several other populist topics. It did. But, well, but it was it was interesting because after that happened, it was it looked like absolute blatant market manipulation happening, and I, mean, I was following it. I I wasn't buying any of the shares, but I was actively following it, even on my TD Ameritrade account, and it just it started flooding over Reddit. It started flooding over Twitter that people couldn't buy any of the shares. It had stopped. Yeah. And it wasn't that the SEC or the regulators stopped it. It was just Robinhood right. itself it and a number of that, other yeah, that, To me, where the real sticking point is, because, you know, like we talked about the other night, you, me, and my brother-in-law, people think, oh, you're a business major. You're all the same. Well, economists make jokes about how, you know, I'm an economics major. How, you know, we don't, we hate accounting. It's, we don't like getting down on the weeds of a ledger. Okay, same thing with finance. Like, I, I don't fully grasp all that. But what this boils down to is, oh, so it's okay for you hedge funders to trade overnight and the short stuff and to drive short short sell and to drive GameStop stock to the ground. down to the dumper. But then, you know, because there's only a couple of dozen of y'all, but then half a million of the everyday Joe on Reddit decides, hmm, no, we're going to invest and, and save this thing, if that like was their motive or not. And that becomes market manipulation. Like a, like the, the trader, I, I, don't, I don't have the name, I, I was looking for it, but appeared on, I think it was CNBC, and said, well, these people don't know what they're doing. And oh, it was the just, hedge fund owner. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember the name, but basically it's going, well, actually, it appears to me like they do know what they're doing. You just don't like the results, you know? So when billionaire hedge funders do it, that's fair trade. But when half a million little guys do it, oh, that's market manipulation. Hmm. Yeah. And so as you so, know, it created some very strange bedfellows. It did. Um, AOC was um, in complete agreement that this needs to be looked at along with Elizabeth Warren um, and of course, Bernie Sanders and none other than a strange bedfellow in the oh, dare I say, crazy chaotic world of one Senator Ted Cruz. And? To which AOC... Oh, Trump Jr. You're right, and Donald Trump Jr. To which AOC wound up eviscerating Ted Cruz <laughs> in a hilarious tweet back to him that said, listen, you just about had me murdered three weeks ago. You can sit this one out. But there that's was... That's a bit of a scratch for this issue, but... But either way, that's history. So where do yeah, we I mean, stand? Either, either way, the point here is, I mean, take bedfellows in politics now where you can get them. Well, and here's the thing. Um, and, and I've had a number of conversations with, with some, some folks about this. And, you know, it seems like it could be this own little world. But the narrative, the, there was a lot of really powerful narrative, narratives going on Thursday night. And it really was posts about, um, uh, like, sons and daughters of parents that lost everything during the great recession. Um, a lot of posts like this is for dad, this is for mom, this is for, you know, the, the family business that we lost as those fucking bastards got bailed out <clears throat> with my taxpayer dollars and no one came to my aid, you know, talking about how it's just wreaked havoc on families for decades that those people, and you know, look, I'm not a financial advisor. And th I think the best piece of advice out there though is don't trade what you're willing to lose. But a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon because it's a way, it's a, it's a, 
a really easy way to say fuck you middle finger right and and i get that it's and and i don't know how you you know obviously they're the 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 average retail investor is not doesn't have hedge fund resources and not everyone's equipped to do this all the time gamestop very well just might be this one thing that has happened um and but i think it's an overall like cultural wake-up call that will take um that could continue um to build momentum and i don't know how and this might peter off but Certainly, the SEC needs to look at this. Certainly, someone oh, they already are. easily done something super criminal here. But if heads don't roll from this, you could see a massive, you could see a massive cult- classism war, if you will, um, from this. And I don't think that I'm too crazy to make that prediction. I think there's a lot of no. people that are super pissed off. And if it goes wrong this time, this is a Biden thing, right? Biden has to own this somehow. See, and it can't this- be it can't be to the to the hedge funds' advantage. Or okay, institutional investors. I, I get that President Biden is the president, hence the title. So technically speaking, and I'm not being snarky when I say this, everything that happens underneath his reign is charged against him, good or bad. But to me, this is, I mean, just think about the names we just rattled off. This is a, a bipartisan, this is a nonpartisan issue, okay? Because like the like you, you and my brother-in-law, Law and I talked about the other night. I know folks are going, oh boy, here we go again. But how many times have we beaten the drum? How many times have I gone off about what happened in 07 and 08? I can't help it because every economics class I take at Penn State, we review the Great Recession. Well, so did I with my, yeah, so I did with my MBA and the, the finance right. culture. You can't, you, know, I, you can't help I, it. I, yeah. I'm not, claiming, I'm not claiming a monopoly on that knowledge. What I, what I mean is, that's how severe it was. And, and again, rattle down just the cliff notes here. Um, basically, it was legalized usury in that situation where we said bipartisan nouns, folks like John McCain and Teddy Kennedy were on board with it. But with the subprime mortgage crisis, they said, tell you what, we'll have a variable rate, interest, variable interest rate as the market dictates. And so they thought, all right, we're going to make fast cash by loaning out homes way over what people can afford, people like veterans who had VA-backed loans. And then if we adjust the interest rate from 2% to 28%, we get the, we, we get the capital if they can pay it. If not, oopsies, we'll just take back the property and resell it. Well, the problem is, as we talked about the other night, they screwed over too much of Main Street. And then realized, holy shit, we've got a ton of properties that we have, we can't resell. And so it looked like finally, maybe the, these some of these crooked folks were going to get it. And then who bailed them out? Main Street. They tax, the taxpayer bailed them out after all that. So now you got a bunch of frustrated people. I know Reddit is is kind of a haven, well, more or less a haven of of the leftist online presence that is not the point here the point is you got enough people going hold on just a second so you and your two dozen two dozen hedge fund buddies can short sell and drive a company into the ground and that's open market operations but when half a million people on a social media site do it oh that's market manipulation like bullshit yeah it's and it's it's interesting honestly how a lot, I think a lot of the mainstream media 
outlets have sort of gotten it wrong. I think a lot of them have reported the facts correctly, but I think their analysis is wrong and not necessarily the analysis that it's, um, that hedge funds, you know, have done nothing wrong. Not that's not, I don't think their analysis is wrong like that, but I think their well, I think their analysis misses the mark at why the Redditors are doing it right. Like it's a game or that it, well, but I think it lends a bit more, um, validity to the overall reason they're doing it like yeah obviously that's all this GameStop to the moon amc to the moon um it, it seems kind of cartoonish but like I, people are pissed off pissed off I, enough I, to put the stimulus checks to to, to fuck over some I hedge funds snarkily I, I don't mean this to sound <clears throat> snarky okay i don't give a damn why they're doing it they have every right to play by those rules and invest and short sell mm-hmm. or drive something down or up as they will. The bottom line is when a bunch of fat cats stood to lose everything, they moved the damn goalposts. Well, yeah, it's again, it's it's sort of that um, rules for thee, but not for me. And, and that's that's nonpartisan. I don't, well, no, I don't, yeah, and I think I think the response to this, I think the response to this has been overwhelmingly um, bipartisan across the board. It's that it's things like this. It's interesting, right? In all of this division, and this is one thing that I think this is one thing that struck me. Um, it's one thing that struck me as the most obvious out of this entire thing, and why I think it's worth talking about. Unanimity, it's, exactly. So, in a moment that is so divisive, we've been talking about how there's maybe no way we're on the brink, literally on this cultural brink of we just we're at the past the point of no return, right? What could possibly unify us? Well, you know, maybe a 9-11, but, but probably, you know, that would be horrible, right? God forbid. But God forbid, a war. God damn it. That has to be the unifying event. But no, the true unifying event is fuck the big guy. And that, I promise you, has started revolutions in the past. And I'm not saying that, that it's – I'm not saying that this is – that's what this is. I am certainly not saying that – this it, is that, that it's really that big, um, but it it is interesting to watch what can unify people in America and probably broadly in the world when there is no, you know, there is no hope for unification. All this unity with accountability, and I and I agree with a lot of that, but it's still like, gosh, you know, this is really what's going to unify us, regardless of whether there's impeachment or not impeachment. But forget man, impeachment. That's the but, thing. I, I'm looking at this from the inverse. From the look, it, I'm sure there's some folks going. Let's expletive deleted the fat cats. Let's screw them. I look at this from the inverse of really. I mean, and, and again, I'm I'm sure there are folks that think that. I look at this from the perspective of hold on just a second. So, people with five hundred dollars to invest, that means market manipulation. But for thirty or forty guys with half a billion dollars to invest. Oh, that's that's fair trade. And the reason that's the sticking point for me is how many times have I tried to make the distinction on this podcast between capitalism, laissez-faire capitalism, and crony capitalism. That's the sticking point for me because I'm going, you, you curs, you ne'er-do-wells just made the case for the people that hate capitalism. So it's it's essentially a gift 
it's like a hand delivered wrapped gift. And it's an interesting perspective. I mean, I mean, look how, again, capitalism has lifted countless millions upon hundreds of millions upon billions of people out of poverty, which no other economic system has done. Uh, that economic system might've collapsed and become a different form of government. But the point is there is no name. There is no subcategory. There's no Wikipedia page you can put in the show notes. You and I both know this. This is not a debate. This is not a discussion. It's a discussion, but there's no arguing this point. Okay. Capitalism has lifted countless, countless people out of poverty. There's a reason why people envy Western Europe and the United States. Okay. But what we have now is this bastardized abortion of capitalism where you know, oh, you shoot pool with the right folks. And, you know, for instance, this is a point I wanted to bring up. You cannot convince me. You will not convince me. It's mathematically possible, but you're not going to convince me that Robinhood shut down trading. That app, Robinhood, you know, the, the retail investor app. Retail, is that correct? Yeah, retail. we'll just call it boutique. Sure, whatever. You're not going to convince me that they shut down trading without having communicods with Melvin folks Capital. in that yeah. hedge fund community. I don't see a way. They might not be able to prove Probably it. Not. Right? They, they might not be able to prove it. I don't know. How Maybe I sir, you could subpoena or, or get a warrant for That's nothing email, but there's no, there's no way you can tell me that there wasn't some communication because you know what the fines they'll get because no one went to prison. The precedent for every single one of those guys is none of them went to prison for 08, 07 and 08. So why would they go to prison this time when they can just, they can just make the phone call and they'll have to pay a handful of dollars in fines. Right. But be able to, in their case, their scheme, to at least protect the um, the capital that they they owe back or the monies that they owe back, right? So that's so and that's like, that so. is where there's this moment where if you're talking about crony capitalism versus theoretical the sort of the the genesis of capitalism, the the true laissez capitalism, laissez faire capitalism, um, that uh, whatever my point, this is the moment, right? This is the moment that. What this, this current administration has to has to do something. This um, is bigger than the Biden administration, and that's not I, an insult. No, no, no. This, it could be. It could have been Trump. They, it could have been Obama. But something needs to be done, and it has to be a lot different from 07 and 08. President, forget who's president. This is a sentinel event for laissez-faire. This is a sentinel event for the republic because, look, folks. The fact is, it's a mathematical possibility, but a realistic impossibility that all of a sudden these hedge fund millionaires and billionaires start losing everything because of half a million people with 500 bucks to invest on Reddit. And wait a minute. So Robinhood just dreamt up on their own. Hey, you know, we need to stop trading. Bullshit. Hmm. Like that's that's the absurdity here. And it's. That's what it just really grinds my gears here because I'm going, you just made the case, okay? Well, so, so I have a question for you. In, we're, we're at the 45-minute mark, and I, I want to get a little philosophical here. Uh, because, no. because we all know, we all know. Uh, well, minutes, we got to quit. I'll be very interested to see what nope. um, transpires um, on the opening bell on Monday. 
Um, anyway, all that stuff, we know big hedge fund guys. Bat- well, and look, before I move on to this, this sort of next um, ask is the hedge fund owner, one of the hedge fund owners got on TV, I think it was CNBC, and literally basically said, yeah, we manipulated the markets and basically called out all retail investors. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's okay. He said, basically, basically was like, yeah, we stopped trading because GameStop's price is not seven is, you know, isn't valued at 300. It's valued at 17 or whatever, whatever it is. And that's where people well, were like, I can't, that's where people were like, I can't believe he would say that. Oh, because I determined the value of a stock. That's, the market value of the stock. And that's where people were like, fuck you, bro. <clears throat> yeah, what happened to what happened to the economic principle of ceteris paribus? Well, again, when you live in this bubble in the stratosphere um, and have had no consequences for any of your actions, let alone have to go into a hostile environment on the media. So in other words, you can teach ceteris paribus, all things being equal, but all things aren't equal. Because you're going to make sure to move the goalposts if you stand to lose. Oh, but Main Street can lose everything. Well, they, and, know, they, oh, sure, no. they definitely know how oh, to. At we're the going expense to bail of out the banks. Yeah. At the we're expense. Going to bail out the banks. But we're not going to, we, you know, uh, student loan forgiveness, that's government overreach. Bullshit. You know, and that, that's the thing here. You're hearing this from a, I mean, I get that Nixon was a liberal for a Republican, but you're hearing this from a Nixon Republican, folks. I'm laissez faire, I'm a fiscal conservative. And I, I, I'm telling you, I have nothing against the rich, okay? My, I, I was at my godbrother's wedding, and I told him, you know, he, he works in investment banking. And I said, Kenny, do I envy you? Yes. Do I begrudge you? No. There's a difference. So I'm not, I'm not queuing up Motorhead here, eat the rich. But this sequence of events, this is an outrage. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely. So agree. make it philosophical. Yeah. So what? What is? Um, what is? Or, or maybe not necessarily philosophical, but uh, a question for a, 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 a almost to be economic degree individual um, has has spent most of his days in and out talking about econ. What role do you see the government playing, if any, in laissez-faire capitalism, and if the government plays no role? in regulating the markets, how do we not just automatically resort back to this type of capitalism? What makes you think and what does it take to have your true theoretical um, capitalism play out? Um, the floor well, is yours. When I say laissez-faire, I have no delusions of grandeur here. 1776 is not coming back. When I, when I refer to laissez-faire capitalism, I mean, a market free of things like what happened in the last week, where there's no, oh, hey, by the way, buddy, you need to get rid of your 40 million, or, oh, we didn't get rid of it in time, we're going to shut down trading. I'm talking about fair, open market operations here, okay? Um, I have no delusions, Granger. Look, things are never going back to the way they were, and I'm not saying they shot, all right? But I, I think that unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon your perspective, but I think at this point, the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, you know, under the guidance of hopefully the Federal Reserve, is going to have to step in here and say, mm, y'all are going to have to become as transparent as everybody else, 
every other mutual fund. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I'm I'm someone who I mean, everybody loves to pick on the Federal Reserve, but I'm sort of a unicorn amongst a lot of fiscal conservatives in the sense that I think the Federal Reserve needs to be loosed. They need to be allowed to, rather than a bunch of trial lawyers in Congress, the the folks that the Fed need to be allowed to, just like before 08, we didn't allow the Federal Reserve, it was illegal for them to pay interest on emergency reserves, meaning folks in you know, the King's English, I know I'm a nerd, I'm a wonk, but before the, the financial crisis, the Great Recession, banks didn't hold virtually any emergency reserves in cash because the way banks work, well, do you want to have a million dollars sitting in your vault or do you want to loan that million dollars out and make money off the interest? So before then, the Federal Reserve was not allowed, our central bank was not allowed to pay interest to those banks for holding cash reserves, emergency reserves. Well, after the lack of liquidity, the lack of cash in the market in 07, 08. Basically coverage. Uh, right. Congress in 2010 woke up and said, you know, let's make it legal for the Fed to pay interest on cash reserves. Well, at this point, I think we should loose the Fed to play a far broader role. Okay. I, who's more equipped to do it? So, so then... Okay, so then how do we... I'm arguing for the mixed capitalist system we have. We need a, a, a free and open market, a free enterprise system, can but it unfortunately, be, can it be this regulated? situation has shown that we must have oversight. And so the SEC actually could, as a government agency directed by the executive branch, could actually play a good role or a really meaningful role in stronger regulation of the market, greater transparency, and um, as we evolve to have the retail investor evolves to have uh, more time, more access to technology, more info on the internet, we'll become potentially more of a player in the investment market because you know what? Millennials need to find sources of income. And granted, well, it's, and it's, it's not it's, just generational. It's not just generational. There's a, there's a lot of people in this, but I would say largely it's um it's it's a I mean it's it's access to information, it's being pissed off, it's not being really um set up for success as a generation that um other generations have had in the past, right? And I'm not saying woe is me, but it really this is this is a way to get back and it's a way to make money as well. So well, I think it, the SEC I think in your model the SEC a government agency would actually could play an example of how the government could build trust again, right? Remember we talked in that conversation with your brother-in-law that one thing that neoliberalism has done, this is sort of Reagan economics, Koch brothers, God. really is this like lack of God. trust of the, the it's a deep distrust of the government. They've created this narrative, right? So the government is and should be good at some things and should be left to do some things. And this is a perfect example bipartisan support should be lent out to the SEC, given the fact that they would truly make the markets transparent and accountable, and just like you said, free and fair. Um, but that doesn't happen without a regulator. 
right? And so I'm not I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'm saying these I'm trying to find places. It's been my sort of mission in the last two weeks to figure out places that the government could really score big wins in restoring confidence with the average American. Because I think a bit of that's been diluted with the narrative from the neo-libs. But um, it's also the government fucked over a lot of people by bailing out big banks, right? So the government's not exactly um, hasn't. I mean, they've made good decisions. Those I don't think those decisions were the wrong decisions, but they really didn't step up to the little man either, and that was the wrong decision. So anyway, that was a long-winded rant on the last yeah. ten years of econ history. No, you raise good issues. I and like we had some feedback from a, a mutual friend of ours in the military. We, we oftentimes, you know, are arguing at the same ends, but kind of two ships passing the in the night at times, I, I think you raise some good issues, but for me, I think the people's faith in the government will come. What I'm concerned about is, you know, let, let's, let's find this nuanced position at this point, okay, because we're not going to, like in the movie Dave, so wait a minute, we're spending X amount of million dollars trying to make people feel good about products they've already paid for. You know, I, I'm not concerned with restoring people's faith in the government because by us just simply saying, all right, we're going to do the right thing here, fix this, the faith will come. Okay. There are certain things the government will never succeed at, in my view, because it was never intended to do it. Just like DC is, should not be a state because it was never intended to be more than the House of the Executive Branch and the Department of War, as it was called. But the, the thing for me here is, with our, our mixed capitalist system, we don't address this correctly, and, and, and this is going inverse of what I've argued lately, but this development hadn't happened, and I'm, I am very pleased, I am humble enough to admit, when I've been too anti-government, too, or anti-federal government, and I've been too anti-regulation, this is one of those cases where, well, you've proven right here that there must be oversight. Now, I'm more comfortable with the Federal Reserve directing that. I would much rather a group of economists and financiers and accountants direct that oversight than a bunch of trial lawyers, nothing against trial lawyers. I just don't trust you all with federal taxpayer dollars um, because that's the thing. You, bring up, you brought up in our conversation Enron and WorldCom. And the thing is that troubles me is men at Enron went to prison for what Congress has done with the Social Security Trust Fund. They're not supposed to touch it. They're not supposed to borrow from it. They have, so much so that you know this as well as I do, it has become a cliche to say, well, <laughs> we're not getting jack out of Social Security, our generation. Why? Because they've rob robbed and raped it for so long to the point where it's a joke. But, oh, you're at Enron, robbing your employee's retirement, you're going to prison. So I'm sorry, I don't trust Congress to provide appropriate oversight here. Which, which, I, I, which I think is fine. I mean, also I think- Do you? Talk, look, I think personally, um, I think that there's other things that need to happen before the, the, the court is cut from Congress to the Fed. I think that there needs to be strong, um, strong regulation around essentially like ethics of who's holding those positions at the SECs and where they've come from and what their background is. Because the one thing that you need to fix first 
is former investment bankers and former, I mean, obviously they're the experts, right? I totally understand that. But there's a huge conflict of interest when those guys get put into positions. It's sort of like oil men running the EPA, right? Everyone, whenever that happens, everyone's scratching their head like, what the fuck? Like, they, they really, that's the, that's the environmental protection guy is the big oil guy? Or, you know, the, the, consumer, the consumer protection um, bureau? Uh, is run by like a former, like, I'm not saying that they're always the wrong choice, but it's also like, damn, because that guy's not going to have a job, you know, in four years, what's he going to do? He's going to go back to, oh, where, investment banking, right? And, but that makes sense, right? I'm a nurse. Um, I'm also a clinic. I'm a, I'm a clinician. I'm a manager. I'm uh, in nursing leadership. I'm in healthcare leadership. It would make sense that as I continue in my career, I would run something healthcare oriented, right? Or I, I could, you know, just because I, I work for a for-profit business doesn't mean that I couldn't have um, insight into healthcare. But, you know, I feel like when you start going down that road, there's, there's less kind of conflict of interest because you can't stall legislation if there wants to be universal health care. But there that, definitely that there definitely there definitely is that uh that sort of especially with like the SEC and <clears throat> anything that involves money is just tricky as shit, dude. It's because it's it corrupts. It just corrupts so quickly. Okay. I mean I mean I, I, I see a world where somebody could say, all right, you argue for, you know, Devenny, you argue for uh, all non-violent views being welcome at the table, and but all of a sudden, some investor says, "All right, here's two billion, and here's what you're gonna do." I I see that point, okay. And I'm not. I want to be clear. I'm not saying turn the Federal Reserve Bank loose. I'm not saying turn the the central bank loose. I think they need oversight. But a lot of people don't know. People. People make this case, I, I've seen it online, I can't tell you how many times, well, the Federal Reserve needs to be audited. Um, they're audited annually. And, you know, the big bad Federal Reserve, you know what they did last year? They bought a whole bunch of U.S. Treasury securities and saved your local police department's retirement fund. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, there's no big bad cabal at the Federal Reserve. Do they need oversight? Yes. Okay, but accountability is no problem for someone wanting to do the right thing. And I think the Federal Reserve's mission, I think they've proven. I mean, since 07, 08, who did you want? I asked this to the, to the average listener out there that, you know, there's a lot of anti-Fed sentiment out there. Okay, but as you know, I mean, I'm, yeah, I get it. I'm an economics guy, but I've made the case for the Fed time and again. Who did you want to fix the crisis then? Who do you think it was that provided liquidity to the market in 07 and 08 to save things from bottom, bottoming out? Who do you think it was last year that did quant- more quantitative easing and injected cash into the system? It was the Fed. So I'm not saying cut the cord as far as, yeah, we need oversight. But if you're asking me for, for some sort of roadmap of who should be more trusted, who is more qualified to help oversee the economy via the dual mandate of maintaining as near full employment as possible and maintaining inflation at a reasonable rate of between two and three percent. Uh, do you think it should be the U.S. House of Representatives or the Federal Reserve Bank? 
Uh, That's where I'm I, coming from. And I think I think it's an interesting point. I've never really thought of that. Um, I think I was just offering sort of the in between. I didn't mean that yeah. to be. No, no, no. To I, I totally. I, I, I think they all could be done, you know, simultaneously. But well, exactly. I, I think, as my brother put it in the, the editorial in contrast that we did on on Monstate, two things can be true at once. I feel like we can have oversight of the Federal Reserve, you know, via Congress. Congress has a role. I'm not dismissing the U.S. House or the U.S. Senate, but. And I, I, I see the aspect of greed, have oversight, fine. But in my book, I'm not really sure why Ben Carson was appointed the head of HUD. He should have been the Surgeon General. But, or, you know, Health and Human Services, fine. You know, just a, a thought there. Hmm. Well, for those listeners out there that wanted us to always extend over the hour mark, at least doing an hour, here's a shout out to you in the comments section at uh, we got one of those podomatic.com. Yeah, we do. If you swing over there, every now and then I drop something in. L- literally, m- most of the comments are super flattering. Um, you know, but no, I should go in there more. You should. The, it's Actually, re- it's the re- few times the reason I don't is most of the time when it's about me, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have any, uh, and I certainly don't mind those. Um, however, if, if there's anything you completely um, disagree with, um, I'd love to bring it up. I think we'd we'd love to bring it up and talk about it. So um, that's a that's a challenge for 2021 um, listener comments. Um, Forces us. Yep. Well, indeed, uh, as always, my friend, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to do this with you again, week in and week out. There's always, um, always, you know, it was. <sighs> Admittedly, I was like, you know, we're going to hit Biden. Um, things are going to get um, maybe a little boring, a little bit more policy oriented, a little bit more, and shit just keeps crazy, man. So it's. Uh, yes, I remember raising an eyebrow at that. We were actually not on a podcast. We were on the phone. You were like, man, just getting a little boring. I'm like, well, maybe a little bit of policy focus will be good. But at this point, I mean, this this thing's turned into a just Disneyland. I mean, anyway, no, it's, it's, it's not going to be boring. No, that's for sure. So, well, like I said, honor and privilege and uh, until next time. Indeed. Well,